Welcome to the How The Fuck podcast, where we interview marketing leaders and get them to share their experiences so that you can learn by example and boost your marketing skills. This week, I have the pleasure of interviewing Devon O'Rourke, a leader in product marketing. He's worked in some of the world's most famous companies, including Getty Images, New York Times, Tremor Video and Publicis. And on the tech side, he has led product marketing at both Etsy and Amazon. We're going to jump straight into Devon and his background and a bit about his company. And then we're going to deep dive into product marketing and how you can make a slick product marketing function and go to market strategies that really resonate with your customer. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy. So please, can you tell me a bit more about your background? Like, where did you start and how did you enter into the product marketing world? Sure. So I have been doing product marketing and a number of organizations for about 10 years now. But like most product marketers, I didn't, you know, come out of school thinking that that was what I was going to be doing. So I came about it in, in sort of an interesting way. I, I studied you know, communications and media in, in college, focused on journalism. And very specifically, I focused within photojournalism. So wanted to be a photographer, interned at Getty Images and the New York Times. And then my first job out of school was a photo editor for ESPN. And I think what I found being in the journalism world was that there was a lot of uncertainty around the future of journalism. It didn't feel super stable. And so I wanted to find something that had a, a bright future, or what I perceived to be a bright future. And I landed at a media agency. And I didn't love working at a media agency, quite honestly, but it gave me the opportunity to move over to the vendor side and work at an ad technology platform. And I got an entry-level product marketing position there because we, as an advertising technology platform, our core audience was media buyers who worked at media agencies. So I sort of fit the core audience and was able to move into that sort of product marketing role focused on a similar audience that I used to be. And that company was called Tremor Video. And I moved from Tremor Video to Etsy. And then I moved from Etsy to Amazon. And now recently I started my own uh, consultancy. Wow, you've worked at some really big names in the product marketing world. Where was your favorite place to work and what did you get out of each place? I'd say Tremor Video was the first time in which I became a product marketer. It was certainly the the most exciting and allowed me to learn the quickest. I had a really great mentor over there who's the director of product marketing. Um, the COO of the company used to be the director of product marketing. So the company itself really bought into the function, which I think is really important. So I really have fond memories of Tremor Video, but I think all of them had some exciting things like Etsy, was the first time I went over and experienced business to consumer product marketing because I was the product marketer for the app. So, you know, the strategies that you're employing for B2C businesses are, are totally different. And that's sort of why I moved over in that direction is to learn about that, that part of marketing. Mm -hmm. And then obviously working at Amazon, I think is, is instrumental in establishing like core foundational principles the company is super impressive. Anyone who works there gets to really understand best practices on around a lot of things. And I think that's what has given me the confidence to start my own business, really. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I personally haven't worked in a company the same size as like Amazon. Not like that. How many people have? It's like the biggest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. 
what size was Etsy when you were there? That's a good question. I, I don't know, honestly. I can tell you that the product marketing team was about eight, I think eight to 10 folks. And there were probably 25 or so product managers. And that ratio, you know, between product manager to product marketer is usually what I look at when I'm working with a company and trying to understand what sort of role product marketing plays, because it's important to have a healthy ratio there. I think there was probably, there had to have been less than a thousand employees. And while I was there, it's, you know, it was a public company. It was public when I joined, it was going through a really difficult time and there was some changeover like the CEO was kind of pushed out by activist investors. And I think this, I think the CTO left in the, at the same time. And so there's a real sort of like changing of the guards moment. And the company has since bounced back incredibly. I think when I left the stock price there was $11. And now it's, I mean, week to week, but I think it's probably around $80 right now. Oh, wow. So there's some exciting time to be part of a company, like Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think I experienced a similar thing at Tremor Video where like oftentimes these companies have a lot of excitement as they IPO, right? And they think they're on top of the world. And a lot of times they are at that moment. But when you IPO and you get pressure from all different angles and your competition changes, it, it can really change the mood of a company. And I saw that happen at Tremor Video. There was definitely this like post IPO dip in, I think, morale. <laughs> and it just became, business became a little harder because everything is fully transparent. And so you're sort of just poked and prodded at every angle. And the same thing happened at Etsy. Like Etsy went, went public, had a, had a little sprint of, of doing well as a public company, then got hit pretty hard. And they've been a really great example. And from a marketing standpoint, done really great things to change the tide there and start to become very, very valuable. Interesting. So, so along the way, you've picking up different product marketing skills from big companies. Why was it then you've kind of gone out on your own? I would say that I've always had a desire to go small. So when I went to Amazon, <clears throat> I sort of went over to Amazon thinking, it would be a way for me to almost get my MBA, right? Like I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to establish credibility and then moving off of Amazon, I'm going to have more opportunities to move into a leadership position at a smaller company. I think that's what a lot of people do when they go to some of these really large companies, unless they want to be super comfortable in, in, in the same role for a long time. So from the get-go, that was always my desire. It wasn't to start my own company per se, but it was to join a very young company in a leadership position. But what changed that was we were trying to double our product marketing team within the advertising business at Amazon. And that meant interviewing you know, hundreds of product marketers. And I was a part of the team conducting those interviews and I was just really surprised with how long it was taking to find the right talent. Like it would take six months to a year to hire a senior product marketer at Amazon. And part of that is just how long the process takes. Like Amazon is very, very thorough with the interview process. I think that that has a lot of positives 
it also just takes a long time. But the other half of the equation was that we didn't see the same supply strength coming through. Like there just weren't that many senior tenured product marketers who had the experience that we were looking for. And I was surprised at that, like Amazon brand recognition, I would expect us to be able to find top product marketing talent very quickly. And we weren't. So that got me thinking that there was, I'm sure, uh, all sorts of companies that were really struggling with hiring product marketing or retaining product marketers or not really knowing what product marketing is. So I started to explore that idea a little bit, speak to some startups um, within the New York area. I also spoke with some like mid-stage companies who I wouldn't consider startups. And I definitely found a common theme that product marketing is not still today, not very well established. It's hard to find the right people to start that practice. It's hard to understand where it fits within the organization. And I felt like with my experience, you know, I've worked across a number of companies, I have a pretty good perspective on the role and what's worked in the past, and I could help these companies establish product marketing on a contract basis. So save them you know, costs of a full-time product marketing leader and know with confidence that you're going to get sort of industry best practice because I have that experience. Yeah, that's such a great story because it's such a natural flow into starting your own business and identifying a marketing pain point and just knowing that you can add value there. Before we dive into the tips that you have for companies who are looking to establish a product marketing function or are struggling with their product marketing function at the moment, could you just give us a very brief overview of product marketing and how it looked different in different places that you've worked in? Yeah, so product marketing is the voice of the customer. I think that's probably the simplest way to put it. We draft the narrative for the products that we're selling, so we create that narrative for our customers so that they understand the value they're getting from our product. I would say conversely, that means that we have to understand our customers and that provides the ability for us to help the product team establish their roadmap and set their priorities based on what customers in the market at large is um, looking for. I would say every company has their own setup for product marketing. There's not a one size fits all. I've worked in organizations where product marketing falls under product. I've also worked at organizations where it falls under marketing. I've even worked at an organization, so Tremor Video, we fell under ops, under operations. So it really depends on the structure of your company. I work with most of my clients to establish product marketing under product because I think that that's the best fit for most companies. I think it's important for product marketing to work side by side with product managers because one that gives you the direct visibility into the roadmap so that you can intricately understand products and begin to craft narratives for those products before they're live or, or launched. I think where a lot of organizations slip with establishing product marketing is that they assume that they're part of the marketing org and that they need to be execution-based once products are completed so that they're not incorporated into that product development uh, part of the business. And I think that's a mistake. I think you need product marketing to be well upstream of that. Ideally, product marketing is helping with the upfront research 
and development of the personas that the product is being built for. So in order to do that, my, my belief is that product marketing should be a, a part of product. Even when you have product marketing, there's always a little bit of pushback between departments and who owns what. So I think that's natural. But yeah, I've worked with a couple of small startups who have had no product marketers and they wanted me to come in, help them figure out what product marketing is, help them establish sort of like a foundation for their you know, core messaging, their core audiences, some of the basics that a product marketer would do, and then also train someone on their team to become a product marketer. And for, for this one company I'm thinking of specifically, that meant working with a content marketer on their marketing team and helping them transition into a product marketer. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's going to be one of the segments of my consulting business for sure is working with startups who maybe don't have the budget to hire full-time product marketers can pull me in on a contract, but long-term they want to be able to transition someone internally into becoming a product marketer. And honestly, that's what happens naturally at a lot of companies anyway. You know, I mentioned account management. That's certainly a route I've seen naturally occur within companies where an account manager transitions into um, a junior product marketer. They have expertise on the audience, uh, specifically account manager, content marketer should as well if they're writing topics on, you know, targeting that audience. But they also have knowledge of the product because they've already been working in that organization. They've been selling that product into customers as an account manager, upselling, cross-selling. So they understand the value of those products are bringing to customers already. So there's a lot of things that are already in place. It's just working on some of the more fundamental things around the t- like the task that product marketing is responsible for and helping them embed themselves into the product, help them understand product development cycles, help them understand what a go-to-market plan looks like, all of that sort of stuff can be, can be taught. How important is it that you have this role of a product marketer rather than kind of splitting those roles between the product managers and the communications team? Or uh, Yeah. I mean, well, as, as, just in addition to that question, at what point in the growth you of your it? company? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, again, I think that'll differ on, you know, company to company, but I think overarchingly, I, the way I think about it is, you know, you're going to obviously as a startup, you're going to, you're going to focus first on developers and engineers so that you can get a product built. Ideally, you're going to have a product person, whether it's, you know, a product leader, like a chief product officer, director of product, or what have you. I think that's probably the first non-technical product hire, but quickly thereafter, especially as you start to bring a new product to market, I think hiring product marketing is, should closely coincide with, with hiring that first product manager. You know, product managers have a lot on their plate as do product marketers. You know, they're focused on prioritizing a roadmap, defining what features uh, would meet, you know, MVP criteria, testing those with, with uh, prospects, working with engineers to, you know, make sure that their uh, timelines are built out. Like the development side of the business is, is extensive. So as a product manager, oftentimes you're underwater. Product marketing brings in a lot of value, both from an input perspective. So we can help you interview a stat and, and establish, you know, customer personas so that you can really focus on 
who our core customer is, what the ideal traits look like, how do we build products that solve some of their pain points, and then conversely, as a product manager is working on refining a product, the product marketer can take ownership of, well, how are we going to tell our, this story? How are we going to launch this product and market? What are the marketing channels and messaging that we need to focus on? And you know, how are we going to measure success? What does adoption look like? How are we going to hold ourselves accountable? So I think it's extremely important when you're launching any product that is of importance, you're going to need someone doing product marketing. It could potentially be a product manager, but in order to do it well, just given bandwidth, you're going to need a product marketer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think another in, important thing that I've, that I've mentioned in past with clients and in some of stuff I've written is that I, I think it's important for product marketers to take on the same product adoption goals that product managers are being tasked with, right? So I think where you lose trust between product marketing and product management is when the level of accountability is not equal and that you see leadership pushing product on tracking against these adoption goals and product marketing simply has marketing specific goals, whether it's uh, website traffic, you know, how many, how many people the sales team is engaging with, win rates, et cetera. But if you're not being evaluated on the same set of metrics, how can you possibly have an equal partnership? And so I definitely recommend all PMs and PMMs at least have some overlap in their goals that they're being measured against. Definitely. Can we, can we expand a bit more on the way of establishing trust between the, the PMs and the PMMs? Um, yeah. What other ways can you make sure that you're bringing in a new product marketing function? Yeah. Can, yeah. How can they establish trust? Yeah, sure. So there's a couple things. I mean, some of them sound intuitive, but I think they are important. One is just sitting near them. So constant stream of communication. I think obviously with what's happening right now and the move to remote, that will look a little differently, but um, not being an unfamiliar face. So making sure that you're a part of daily standups or weekly standups that PMs are having with developers, for example, is definitely a good use of time. You want to make sure that you're looked at as a part of the product marketing pod or org and that you're meeting very, very regularly with every single PM, getting updates on where their products are at, and then conversely, giving them updates on other initiatives that are happening around the organization. So communication, one-to-one -one communication, hugely important. I think you got to focus next on where do you provide the most value to product? And there's a couple areas. Um, one I just mentioned, product marketers have insights into the broader set of products in the organization generally, because we're working across many different departments. We're working with sales, we're talking with customers. Generally, the product marketing organization is working across a number of product teams. So we just know a lot that's going on within the organization and we can share that knowledge with PMs. We can help them understand what other products are being built that might overlap with theirs. Of course, this is within a really large organization. Uh, this happens a lot. What go-to-market plans and channels have worked in the past for similar products, have failed for other products. So being sort of that centralized resource for PMs is helpful. 
And then the other one is really just providing transparency. I think like all roles, um, there's a lot that goes on and it's hard for PMs to understand what product marketing is working on unless we provide them continuous updates and show them some of the work. So I generally try to write up like a weekly, this is you know back when I was a, a senior PMM at, at Amazon, provide a, a weekly recap on all the initiatives I'm working toward and have priorities laid out very transparently and I would share them with PMs. So that if there was any disagreement on what I'm focused on or there was a misunderstanding on some of my projects, it was laid out in front of them so that they could, they could see it and they could provide commentary. So really, really transparent behind your initiatives. So I think, you know, communication, providing value in terms of what's happening around the other parts of the organization because product marketing is so cross-functional and then transparency around your workload. Those are three things that you can focus on. What's the role of the executive team, the leadership in the company in making sure product marketing is a success? Yeah, I think it's like, I, I've, again, worked, in these organizations at all different stages. I think the common thread for what has made product marketing a success is always with leadership. So if you have a chief product officer who buys into product marketing, it's gonna be successful. If you have a CMO who doesn't buy into product marketing and doesn't allow you know, product marketing to be a close partner to marketing, then it's just not gonna succeed. So having some executives that understand the value of product marketing and are consistently making sure that that value is known across the organization is going to be what you need in order for product marketing to actually flourish within an organization. Otherwise, it's, it's very likely to flounder because it's stretched very thin, as I mentioned earlier, with such a wide purview without strategic buy-in and ensuring that like that executive team is making that known across the organization it's it's challenging what are some like sort of common mistakes you see from leadership within companies when trying to establish this function yeah well i think that assuming product marketing is only focused on outbound and thinking of them as execution based mm. yeah basically like the the most common mistake is not embedding a product marketer within the process of product development and just assuming that there's a handoff once a product is ready to launch. That is where you just won't have strategic successful work done. Mm -hmm. If a product marketer is briefed on a launch that's happening in a week, you might as well not even go forward with the go-to-market plan because you're not gonna be able to drive a successful outcome. And that happens a lot. I mean, I think if executives and product organizations don't understand that, it's very common to perceive product marketing as a quick handoff type team yeah that's such a good point i want to move on to the ways people can successfully establish the product marketing function so to start with who is it that normally has problems with their product marketing functions what are the common problems that you see and where is it that you normally start when you start working with them sure well my process with my company right now is different depending on the segment. So my consulting business has it's become very clear to me that I'm gonna have two segments. I have to super simplify it when I'm saying two segments, but um, one segment being an organization that's most likely a startup that doesn't have product marketing established, doesn't have any product marketing uh, headcount. 
and they're looking to understand it. So that partnership is really sitting down, um, workshopping with the CEO to help them understand what value product marketing brings, my recommendation for where it sits within their organization and the type of goals that they're gonna be tracking against. And then eventually it's building in mechanisms for product marketers to really be successful within their organization once they're hired. I would say another really large part of my business is the second segment, which is more what, I'm, what I consider to be an enterprise type client who has product marketing. You know, they could even have a full large product marketing team, but they haven't been able to see success with that, right? They haven't established it well enough where it's very clear that it's adding value. And yet they see all these other companies that are hiring product marketing. So they know something's not going, that something's not right. And so that's where I come in. I get an understanding of where product marketing is working for them and where it's not working. Look at the structure of where it sits, what their core goals and priorities are, like what are their core projects. And then I provide a recommendation on how we should change it and then walk them through that change. Typically, that takes about six months. It's a long process because it can be, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces there and it takes a while to really establish something. And then the goal, obviously, at the end of that six months is that I can step back and that the organization is in a new place where it can run and it can be you know, self-sustained without, without, my, without my expertise. And to me, that was actually a surprise. So like, I started my business thinking that first segment, you know, companies that don't have product marketing, you know, want to hire a contracted product marketing leader. Like I thought that was going to be my primary source of revenue. And I think what I'm finding, although it's, you know, obviously early days is that that second segment of these larger enterprise clients are actually extremely common and they're going to be a core part of my business. Why do you think that is? I mean, I can see in a way that I can see that being a bigger problem or an easier yeah. problem for you because in in a startup that doesn't have it yet but thinks they want it like yes yeah. they don't know how to do it but with the enterprise client with a team of people they're not getting much value out of i can see them really needing help with that yeah they know what they're looking for so that's so like a, a you know a startup you know so there's a lot of education that goes up front i have to help them understand why they need it generally it's a ceo who is either being told by investors you know, if it's VC or private equity backed, generally they have someone telling them like, hey, this is the next move. And oftentimes, you know, as I said, after you hire product management and you're starting to see that you do have potential for product market fit, you're going to have to hire product marketing. But a lot of these CEOs don't have the experience to understand what that means. So there's a lot of education up front. And these are also companies that um, are a little bit more bootstrapped with cash typically. So they're a little bit more hesitant to, you know, put money towards something they're not familiar with. So there's a whole lot of, I would say barriers, but you know, things that you have to cross in order to be, you know, a successful partner in those, um, in that segment. You know, I think there are a lot of companies that need that. I will have a lot of projects focused on those but they're not as extensive. The second segment, to your point, they already have product marketing. They know what it means. They know why they need it. They just don't know why it's not working for them. It's also probably a quicker project 
to see an outcome because you already have a lot of support within the organization and you have folks hired that can help you get the job done. I'm really interested to know how enterprise clients start to work out that their their product marketing function isn't really working and how is it that you track success? Yeah, that is a very challenging <laughs> question that I've been grappling with and you know, I had in an interview with the Product Marketing Alliance, they asked me the same thing. It's it's hard. I think that measuring the success of product marketing depends on where product marketing fits within the organization for one. So, if it's in product, then you do have to look at product adoption. How many customers are using our product versus our competitors, for example? What's the net promoter score of our products? As a product marketer, I've run the NPS programs behind products because again, our function is to be the voice to the customer. And that is sort of the central way of measuring whether or not customers are happy with your products. So I think NPS scores and product adoption are key. I do think that product marketing should take on marketing goals and track against them secondarily. So are we getting website traffic for certain products that we're working on? What's the win-loss ratio against our competitors? And looking at metrics from the sales team as well. Ideally, the sales team is using software to track whether or not they're, they're getting leads from different marketing channels, and you can understand um, how that funnel is progressing toward uh, closing on a deal. And you can generally, if you have a, a really well-established product marketing org, again, this is business to business only, I, I guess, but you're gonna see that funnel change and you're gonna start to see leads being uh, transformed into closes just by virtue of having the right messaging um, the right products being built from the onset and the right material built for the sales team. I think that was a great answer. I'm going to go and listen to the uh, Product Marketing Alliance podcast to check if, uh, check if you added anything any different. I'd like to move now on to a bit more of like teaching product marketing. So for the founders, marketers and entrepreneurs out there, what are your top tips for, um, let's start with go-to-market strategy. Top tips for go-to-market strategies. So I mean, how would you approach a go-to-market strategy and what's important? Yeah. So I think it's extremely important to understand the target audience and establishing who you're focused on. Like you're not going to be able to please everybody. So oftentimes, you know, when you, when you talk to organizations that don't have product marketing, when they start to talk about what product marketing means to them, uh, generally it's all focused on what channels we're using and how many clicks we're getting really demand generation, like sort of vanity metrics, if you will. That's the way I would consider it. So a real go-to-market plan will start way ahead of the time. Like as the product is being conceptualized, you'll start to refine who are we building this for? What's the opportunity size behind that? Like why are we focused on that audience? And really being hyper-focused on what that segment is and what it's not. So who are we not building for? Who are we not focused on? So yeah, a, a go-to-market plan should be almost 50% upfront research and audience. And then from there, you're going to be building the core use cases behind what the product can actually do in order to help that audience overcome the barriers that they have to their day-to-day -day job. So very much a go-to-market plan is, is in that area, less so the marketing execution, what channels are we using? 
Sure, that's a part of it, but I oftentimes let that part of the planning process be owned by the marketing team because that's they have individual practitioners at that channel level. And I believe that they should be given ownership. So I provide recommendations on channels, but I have those refined by the marketing team. So I would say go-to-market plan is foundationally based on audiences and really hyper-segmenting your strategy is hugely important. And I can even just give a generic example from what I experienced at Etsy. This is very, I would say like high level, but gives you an understanding of where product marketing does add value. So when I was at Etsy, there was no concise answer on who the primary audience was. So Etsy is a marketplace, right? They have sellers and merchants creating handmade objects and selling them. And then you have buyers buying those. There was not a single answer on which one of those audiences was the primary focus of the company. And it sounds like you know, just a small thing, but the impact of that indecision was enormous. You had different teams building things for different purposes. You didn't understand what your core goals were. And that was the real driver behind essentially these activist investors who pushed in for leadership change. Now, they brought in a new CEO, Silverman, and he came from eBay. And his experience within the marketplace business was you need to focus on buyers. Like, no question about it. Buyers are our audience. If you have demand, you're going to have sellers come to the table. Simple as that. And he made that extremely clear on his first day. We had a company-wide meeting, and he said, first things first, there's been confusion around who we're focused on. We're focused on buyers. They're our primary audience. And that's not to say that sellers are not important and that we're not going to still, you know, have a part of our business focused on sellers, but the core part of our business is focused on buyers. And that changed everything. Like every priority set, every product team mission was changed. Everything aligned to that very simple focus on who our core audience is and who are we gonna spend most of our effort toward. And I know that's like at the company level, but you can apply that very granularly to a product too. Like it's the same thing. Who are we focused on both from a product development standpoint and from a marketing standpoint? and not uh, deviating from that core audience. That's a great story. Um, and it worked. I mean, like I said, they're right there. You, you can look at their market cap. I've written about it. I can't remember what it is now, but their stock price went from, you know, $9 or something to $80. Like they had exponential growth. I think that kind of leadership is really important, isn't it? Just to make a decision yeah. straight away. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, honest, and that can be all the way from the top at the CEO, but all the way down from a product manager and a product marketer who are owners of a product line. Same thing. You need to have a very clear line in terms of what we're focused on. So you've established your audience and then what part of it do you kind of shift over then to the marketing team? Is that actually executing on the channels you've decided? Yeah. Yeah, so this will differ everywhere. The way I the way I've tried to structure product marketing as a part of the product org means that we're not execution based and that we're providing that go to market strategy. So defining that audience, opportunity sizing that, helping it define goals, and then you and then the next part of the plan is messaging. So with an understanding of who your audience is, you're gonna have mapped out some of the things they care about, right? What are the things from an aspirational standpoint that they're looking for? And what are some of the pain points that are stopping them and that are obstacles day to day? 
And then it's crafting messaging that highlights parts of the product that solve those challenges. This is the narrative development. So very, very focused on providing meaningful value, not focused on like the product details. So you'll start to see the shift in product marketing that's happening where it's all around providing product narrative. And that's sort of what it means. It's starting from pain points of your particular audience and mapping the product solutions to those pain points. And, and then after that, part of a go-to-market plan will have timelines and suggested marketing channels. But again, marketing will have, I would say, end ownership because they're going to be executing against that. So generally, a product marketer will draft this very um, comprehensive go-to-market plan. You hold a meeting with marketing leaders, sales leaders, and product leaders to review that plan. And then the marketing team takes that as a handoff item and they go through and refine the marketing channel executions, what the creative looks like, budget if, it's, if there's paid effort behind it, and come back to you with a final recommendation on those channel executions. Devin, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for, uh, for having me on. I'm always, always interested to talk about you know, product marketing and marketing at large, given you know, how quickly things change today. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a lot of value out of this podcast. If you did, come and connect with me on LinkedIn. Come and follow the account on LinkedIn. Come and follow us on Instagram. We post the most insightful little clips from each week um, somewhere on one of those three. So if you want an even more digestible format, uh, come and do that. See you next week.